0: Season five, yes, I've actually made it to season five already. This is episode 40 of Performing the Arts. So that'll be episode 40 in the regular route, but episode one of season five of the regular route, depending on how you see this. So, anyway, I'm talking with uh, Tandiwee McMillan today, and I've known her for the past couple of years, mostly again from college, and although it wasn't from Brooklyn College this time, it was from BMCC, so it's it's odd how, there's a lot of things that, it's odd how sometimes, and this is something I was just talking about just in my last episode, is that theater, regardless of what you're doing, is always a small world, so it's always going to be somewhere, you're always going to be meeting someone who you know, maybe from college or something like that, who will pop up from time to time, especially in your life, either as a backstage worker or maybe you're seeing them on set or what have you, but yeah. Uh, uh, I guess my first question is, how'd you get into performing arts?
1: Um, So I would say like performing arts in general, since I was a child, I just really loved acting. I loved performing and things of that nature. So I started out in, I started out in this theater called, oh my gosh, the Black Spectrum Theater when I lived in Queens. And that's, I think that was my first time actually going somewhere to, to do acting. But before that, I would do these little shows, put on these little Christmas shows for my family and force my siblings to be in them. So I always knew that I wanted to do perform, performing arts. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of like, I kind of like remember those days of saying, oh, by the way, I, I, I honestly remember those days of, oh, by the way, I'm going to be doing a stunt show at my uh, uncle's house," And then, and of course, the stunt show would probably be just me, in me just doing crap balls into the pool when we had a pool. So, yeah. And I remember like being around the same, like same age saying too, it's like, oh, by the way, I'd be saying to my teachers. You know, come by my you know my uh, uncle's house, and would be uh, you'd be seeing me doing a sunset. It's like I'm a paper, maybe not, you know, maybe something like that. So yeah, mm-hmm. I it, 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 I think it's like once you get the bug to act, especially at an early age, you just kind of keep on wanting going Bowing. So, yeah,
1: I feel like it never really goes away. Well, at least for me, it's still it's still there.
0: Yeah, it honestly is still there for me, but it it also has to do with uh something that i do keep in mind which is essentially burnout because i really don't want to be the type of actor who always keeps on acting acting acting, acting to project to project to project without really stopping so you know i just recently did a, a production of almost Maine, and i did the first act and second act of zoom and you know right now even though this show is sort of like my bread and butter i'm also just taking care of myself just make sure it's like, hey, you know, I just did, I just essentially just did two Zoom plays almost back to back. Or Zoom readings back to back. So I might as well just keep it, uh, you know, maybe um, in, in like the end, probably towards the, in the middle of the next month to say, hey, when's the next reading? Or when is the next something to do? Because I need to do something that that isn't going to be something like, uh uh i'm just gonna go into another burnout so yeah it's mm-hmm. it's definitely something that that picks at you when you're young especially if you are doing it young and it never really goes away you know even when you're not really acting you're still kind of like thinking about you acting uh exercises and stuff like that you can be even you know on the grocery line and then all of a sudden just like it's a very long grocery line it's like what can, do? <laughs> what can i do and all of a sudden just like, like uh And of course, you know, we're wearing masks, you know, most of the time now. When I say most of the time, so you can easily just start doing your, you know, uh, vocal warm-ups and no one will bat an eye because no one will be either, no one, because since we're all wearing masks, no one can notice like where that, you know, noise is coming from. Otherwise, it's just like, And of course, you know, it's like, eh, you know, I was like, but yeah, you know, Betty bought a bit of butter and you know all that stuff, and no one would always bat an eye because, again, we're wearing a mask. So it's it's, mm-hmm. it's obviously something that always allows you to to essentially to come back to you, especially as an actress. But
1: definitely,
0: as an actress, uh, were you inspired by anything growing up?
1: Um, like specific people.
0: Yeah, specific people, maybe specific films, uh, plays, TV shows, what have you. It's like because, as as we all know, was like being an, an actor, actress, right? It's a pretty broad range. And when you're doing something like theater, it's even much more of a broad range. And if, if you're doing uh, TV, film, so, you know, so forth and so on. So when you were growing up as an, a wee bit, you know, wanting to become like an you know, actress, uh, were there like certain actresses or films, whatnot, that actually were essentially allowing you to say, hey, you know, this is a great inspiration for me to actually keep on going?
1: I, to be honest, I don't think so. Like in general, I wouldn't say that I had a role model and I saw an actress or an actor and I was like, oh my gosh, I want to be like them. It was mostly like whenever I would watch movies in general. Yeah. I was like, oh, I think that I would do it this way or how can I show that emotion? And I think with that, that was kind of how I, I got my, I was inspired by movies. I don't know that maybe not a lot of people say that, but I was just inspired by movies in general, by watching movies and seeing someone, someone perform and thinking, oh my, I, I would love to, to be them. I would love to be doing what they're doing. Yeah. And I would say now I do definitely look up to certain actresses like Viola Davis. Um, I really love Jennifer Lawrence. Um, who else, who else, Lupita, hmm. like those actresses I, I feel are are phenomenal and there are obviously more, but if someone were to ask me, hey, like what actresses do you aspire to be like? I would say them, but I, I do want to just be myself as well, if that makes yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I think it, it, it's weird because I had the same conversation with, I believe someone from BMCC and I forgot who it was and, they were basically talking about, hey, you know, you, you know, your vocal patterns remind me of Chris Walken. You know, it's like you have the same similar style. I'm like, no, not really, but it, it's like it, it's definitely there are influences, right? That that do inspire you to be an actor. But, yes, yes. But in terms of inspirations, there's always so many. There's always so many actors and actresses that are uh, pretty much big inspirations, even from someone yeah. like me. Uh, yeah. Speaking of BMCC, uh, I I kind of like knew you from again uh, some uh, mutual friends, uh, uh, Keenan and pretty much like a few other people. And I and it was the off the top uh, improv club that we were that they were essentially all doing. Uh, that was essentially going to be well. A, it's weird because when i was doing the the, cl- the club scene over there i was also the treasurer for the the acting club i mean not the uh, the drama club so it's it's weird having essentially like almost like two theater clubs like almost mm. like back, back to each other and of course but when you okay when you were as soon as you said to me before oh you know you're not in New York City anymore because, you know, you don't live in New York City. Mm -hmm. When you were living in New York City, did you want to be in a... Okay, this is actually a good question. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because when it came to theater, uh, I guess, theater education, there we go. There's many places to go for theater education, especially as an actor. You know would you want to do the, the studio system where it's just like oh pay eight weeks to do like a you know pay for something for eight weeks blah 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 or be in a conservatory and do like a two-year conservatory like that or do mm-hmm. the college route where it's basically stuff like that when you were when it came to theater education what were you essentially thinking? Did you want to be in a college setting or did you want to be in like a conservatory or studio where it's just like, I want to be like hands-on learning about different type of theater styles or different type of uh, acting, There we go.
1: So when I joined, when I started going to BMCC, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to major in because I mean, we are humans and we're multifaceted yeah. and I really love the English language and I like writing. So I wasn't sure whether I wanted to major in theater or in English. I ultimately decided, I knew I would transfer. I knew I would finish at BMCC and go yeah. somewhere else, and I ultimately decided that if I were just a liberal arts major, then I would probably get more of my credits into the following school. So I didn't in my heart, I knew it was theater or English or both, but just for the sake of the credits, I decided to do, to be a liberal arts major. And in terms of what type of school I wanted to go to, I, I thought to myself, okay, now I kinda wanna learn about everything. I don't wanna just stick to one, one field right now in college. College is about like exploring different classes, I think, like taking, you know, things like that. So I thought, okay, if I do wanna focus on theater, I, on acting, then I can just go to grad school or something, or I can go to a really hardcore program, like a really intense program or something like that. So I don't have to do that in BMCC. Besides, I just come back from Madrid, from Spain, and I was still kind of like in party mode. So I didn't even know what I wanted in that moment. It was only after I graduated from BMCC I graduated from BMCC and then it was like time. I had to make the decision. Am I going to major in English or theater or am I going to do both? And I got into Swarthmore College and I also got into Columbia, but I ended up going to Swarthmore and I decided, you know what? I couldn't decide actually. I couldn't decide for a while if I wanted to do English or theater. I just kept thinking, what if I do both? But is that going to be a lot? Like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. So after this this really traumatic event happened in my life. I it, I just had a realization that life is like so short and I really should do something that I really, really love. And although I do love writing, I love acting even more. So that ultimately led me to being a theater major. Now I will say I did I do love acting, but... I also did a lot of, I took a lot of English classes. Well, I didn't take English classes, but I was, I still focused on my writing. I did take English classes, not a lot, you know, like my my poetry classes and things like that.
0: I will say that English classes do help you as an actor because it does help you read a lot better in terms of scripts and yeah.
1: Yeah, and you have to analyze things, analyze texts and things like that. So it definitely does help you. And I, I really love poetry, I really love writing. So I will say this though, I prefer film and television. I did major in theater, but they didn't have a film, and tele- did they? I mean, I guess they had a film major, but I, for acting, I decided to do theater, but I am more interested in film and television than theater. Yeah. Uh, did I answer the question? <laughs> I felt like really
0: long-winded. Yeah, essentially you did answer the question, like what really got you into it? Like when it came to, because, you know, it, it is correct, because when I was um, a college, a college, a college law. Since I was a student, when I was a student at Hunter College, I had the same thing where it's just like, do I want to go into film or theater? And I was like, you know what, may as well just try. Because, you know, in college, they have the great of, oh, majoring something, but minoring something. So the majoring something is something that you definitely want to do in life, but minoring in something is something that you basically want to say, hey, you know, this is something like a backup for later. Maybe it's like the, the majoring that you were doing is not really panning out, so you still have enough time to maybe switch her out. And so it's like, oh, by the way, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it, it's definitely, it's a, definitely a hard choice, especially as an actor that, what background I would rather do, you know, with something like film, you have a lot of potential to do is like, oh, Even though the the hours are long, you could just do take after take after take after take. And after a while, it's like, okay, this is the best take, we'll use this one, right? But with theater, you know, it's odd because theater is almost like a lightning bolt. Well, theater is a lightning bolt because, you know, once you hit it and like once the lightning bolts hit you, it's like all this energy is just like expelled out into you onto the stage. And then essentially, you don't want to be anywhere else aside from being on stage. So yeah, it's definitely a hard choice as an actor. It's like, do you want to do film slash TV or would you want to do theater? And it's like, it it's definitely one of the hardest choices for me because, yeah.
1: I think you could do both though.
0: Yeah, you can do a both. A lot
1: of actors have a theater background.
0: Yeah. and it does de-
1: television actors.
0: Yeah. And it does help you if you do have a theater background to uh Work in film and TV, and because again having a theater background allows you to do uh, a lot more uh, film TV wise. Because they're like oh you know you did a lot of theater okay, uh, so it's it definitely helps you. Uh, it also helps. It, it also when you're like a uh, like a film TV head like me and just like watch so many movies and just like watch so many shows, kind of like stop noticing people who pop up on, like, say, Law & Order, and like, hey, I know them from, like, theaters. Like, I've seen them on video work, and then Mm -hmm. suddenly it just kind of, like, clicks. Like, okay, maybe maybe a lot of this stuff actually does film, I mean, feel a lot more better. (laughs) It's like, maybe you can actually just uh, branch out and actually do both. But, yeah. And then there are people who actually try and do, you know, video game roles or voiceover roles, and, you know, that's even much more of a insane not insane but that's even more much more of a of a thing but that's a whole different di- other discussion of all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Now you mentioned uh you mentioned uh Dothmore uh, is it Dothmore? or is Swift it okay. I heard something more so I immediately went to Dothmore. I was like uh I think that is a college. I mean uh, Swiftmore. Uh so I think uh, Swarthmore is the one in, I believe England, or because I remember you posting about how you were in England. Gold.
1: Okay, so Swarthmore is in Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. However, yeah, I did go to England. I did. Go, so what happened was, I went to Swarthmore, and they have these grants that they give every summer, a few thousand dollars, and they give it to they give it to students. You have to apply and everything, yeah. and it's just basically you spend the summer doing something that has something to do with your major.
0: Yeah.
1: And for me, my major was theater. And I really wanted before I even got into Swarthmore, I, I was looking up schools that I wanted to attend just for the, remember I was talking about the intense course. I was yeah. thinking well, what intense courses are out there. And I came across the British American drama Academy, which is in, which is in Oxford university.
0: Yeah.
1: So. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh. Um, yes. <laughs> sorry about that. Uh-huh. British American Drama Academy, and I also was looking at Lambda as well for an intense summer program. So I applied to the Midsummer at Oxford, at Oxford program at with with Oxford University, and and it was a Shakespeare intensive course. It would oh, be it was like one month or like six weeks, something like that at Oxford, and like so much like intense acting training. So I applied. Was put on the waitlist, then called off the waitlist, and yay i got in Woo! so that's what i did that's why i went to england so i was sent there it was such a life-changing experience and it definitely helped me so much with my acting would strongly recommend it <laughs> but yeah that's where i went i did study theater at swarthmore though that was my major so i did take courses and i did have my senior play and all that other stuff
0: all right uh, now you mentioned the other school before Columbia. Uh, when you got into now, it's sad because I know a couple of people who actually applied from BMCC who actually got into NYU. When you were applying to uh, other like different colleges, especially in New York City, were you aiming towards either? Now, did you actually look into like, do, well, I want to go at NYU or, or do I want to go in Columbia, to Columbia because Columbia is a college I really don't really hear about in terms of theater thing because like I would hear stuff about theater stuff, but most of the people who I know from actor acting wise, they came out from like NYU, uh, the NYU acting school or film school, or whatnot. And anybody who came from Columbia are usually just you know. It depends on the the level of, of I think of the level of their thing. I know there are actors who actually come from Colombia. but in terms of Colombia, was there a reason why you were looking to go to Columbia at the time? Or was that just one of the places that just say, hey, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll take you.
1: Um, I knew that I wanted to go to a top school. I wanted to go to an Ivy league or a really, a, like a top tier college, top tier yeah. university college in general my mother always instills education in me and she's always, she's really about the education, about these top colleges. So that was one reason. Another reason is a lot of these top colleges have a lot of money and when okay. they have money, they give money. And some of the experiences I've had would not have been the case had I not gotten into a top college. So yeah. Yeah, I could have, so that's what I was looking for when I applied to colleges. I looked at Columbia because I know there are some actors that that came, the Gillen Hall siblings, is that their last name? I don't know. I know they went there.
0: They went,
1: yeah. And I was thinking about the connections that you get at these institutions. And I was like, look, I need, I need that. And I know I also need their money. The problem with Columbia was that they were not offering me enough financial aid, yeah. so barely anything. And also, this, you already know this industry is difficult to break into. This is not the sciences. And so just to graduate with all this debt Yeah, that was not very appealing to me. Whereas Swarthmore offered me a nearly full scholarship, $70,000. And so that was kind of the obvious choice, even though it was really hard for me to come up with that decision, I really had to think about it. Um, So I chose Swarthmore. And on top of that, once I got into Swarthmore, this this summer thing I did at at Oxford, it it cost around $8,000. It cost a lot of money that I did not have to pay, I didn't have to pay one cent of that wow. because Swarthmore provided me with this grant. So I knew that, I just know that these schools have so much money and they're willing to give you, give you this money once you get in. So that was a wow. big reason why I chose, I chose Swarthmore.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. I forgot
1: the question, I always go off on a tangent. <laughs>
0: no, 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 no problem, the question was like, what, is, like, why because again this is the same thing in new york city is like when in new york city if you want to be a you know an actor a lot of the times you go like oh i'll probably want to go NYU because NYU has a great you know uh, acting school and stuff like that too and or acting conservatories. but it's it, it's like sometimes you do have to think about it logically is like what school would help me both with my major and what I'm really uh, aiming for and also what's going to help me both, uh, you know, uh, not only uh, financially, because a lot like, you know, Columbia, Columbia is a you know, top tier school, but you, you have to pay like maybe a lot of money. Well, you have to pay a lot of money just to go to Sigma my And if you get a scholarship, that, that basically takes off maybe half the thing, but you're still paying like, a lot more just to get there so and it definitely does help you a lot where if you do have like the financial uh like backing of somebody especially if a college is already signed hey we'll give you like what we'll, we'll gladly pay eight grand for you to go out you know fly across the seas to oxford and study abroad for like eight or so weeks and study about shakespeare we'll gladly do that compared to you know other places that will say you know who wouldn't really go around who really wouldn't take the time of day to actually do that so yeah you know it it definitely helps one what is the university or college helping me in my thing but also are they really helping me and actually giving me the financial support that they need you know uh, and Financial support is always going to be a great uh, motivating factor for an actor because, you know, as an actor, it's like we kind of get, uh, we kind of work ourselves to the bone and we kind of like, uh, well, we don't kind of, we work ourselves to the bone and we do want us to uh, get some compensation for that in the end. So, yeah, um, Swarthmore, uh, could you tell more about your experience or experiences out of Swarthmore? as a student there because it does sound like a interesting school so far.
1: Um, yeah, it was it an was interesting school. <laughs> so I, like I said, I majored in theater there. And one thing I would say is I really like that BMTC had a lot of on-camera classes. I'm not sure if it's just because I didn't really do any, I only did one film and media studies class at Swarthmore. Yeah. But I, they focused more on theater than on film. I don't, I'm not sure if that's actually completely true if I just didn't know how to access these other programs. So like, don't quote me, but um, I would say that this theater department was very small at Swarthmore. We, I was part of the drama board which was basically a student run club that provided financial assistance to people who wanted to see their productions come to life hmm. So we were basically producing their small shows and yeah. we would get money from the school all the clubs would, were able to um to get money from the school so that's what I did I was doing that while I was there um I was also in other theater classes that were like theater history seminars so we'd like learn about yeah. the history of theater things like that mandatory for the major. And then we had a final, we also had a final project, which we basically had to do a production and it was all student run for the most part. We had the support of the adults and the the professors, but we ended up doing fucking A, do you know it? Yeah. Glory parks. Um, So we ended up doing that play and that was at the end of my senior year. And then I also, yeah, I also did the Oxford thing Gosh, it was such a good program, the Oxford thing. I took acting two, because I took acting one at BMTC. Great, great class with Chuck. I think his name is Chuck Burks or something. Really amazing class. And then I took acting two with this professor named Alex Torre. Everyone loves him at um, Swarthmore College. And it was really great. Really great. I, I would say that I really preferred actual, the actual acting part. Like acting two and acting one learning about the history of theater was all it was informative I guess but it was kind of like oh, all these white men and like no people of color same thing and I was kind of tired of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. a couple of years ago when I was a hunter uh, my last theater history class which I again I was glad to get a lot of this prerequisites it it, it prerequisites done at a, another college. So when I went to Brooklyn College and graduated from there, a lot of that prerequisites were already gone anyway. And and this is actually something that uh, that is brought up a lot at Brooklyn College, and not only Brooklyn College, but also a lot of CUNY places is that there are a lot of, I, you know, there is a difficulty, I mean, yeah, there's a difficulty for CUNY related schools to adapt BIPOC uh plays or at least playwrights and you know uh one of my previous guests AOC theater we were all talking about how we you know Brooklyn Collins was doing a production of Sweat or something like that and those
1: were the options actually we were thinking about that for the final
0: Yeah, it was like Sweat, and then there was like Gloria, and then there was like, you know, uh, Passover, and then and a lot of the times we were all talking about how essentially there would be a lot more white actors in these roles as opposed to say, you know, people of color, whereas it's like there will be more people of color at, you know, colleges and whatnot, but the problem is uh, at some of these places, the BFA program really does have like the, the the top tier okay of like saying, hey, you know, if you're doing a play, the BFA program is going to be like the the, the top people is like, hey, yeah, you know, if you're doing, you know, if you're doing uh like sweat, you know, two of the main roles have to be played by, you know, BFA actor, right? And then they be like, everybody else could be like a BA actor, all that stuff, or if they're minors or something like that. It's like, this. It, it, it's hard for, and again, there's like, when I was, back to my original point, when I was learning about all this stuff with history, it's like, it, it wasn't really fun to learn about history because it's like, it, it's fun to learn about history, but at the same time, when you're learning about theater history, you rather learn about stuff that's happening now. Because theater history, you know, the, you know, the the stuff that's happening now in theater is a lot more important and informative than the stuff that's like, oh, you know, it's like, oh, right, oh, we'll we'll learn about what happened in 1889 or something like that, you know. And then by the time you get to the 1900s, it sounds like it's getting important and then oh, then the semester's over and then the class is over. It's like If you want to learn about theater history, you should at least start at the 1900s or something like that, and then- Just
1: the same stories told by the same people. Like, come on, there are Black people and people of color that have stories to tell. Like, why can't we do stuff about them? When I I was in one class and we did Marie Antoinette, nobody cares. I mean, most people care. I don't care like about her. I really don't. Like, I want to hear about other people. Like, I want other stories to be told. I'm just tired of the same thing, the same European thing.
0: (laughs) And I think and I think the European thing is actually a lot more of a reason why some of these things are always produced, essentially, and why, you know, uh, a few years ago when I was on Broadway, Slate Play was a big play because, oh, it's like, you know, it's like people like, you know, I, I would always see people not only going to the thing, but also just my colleagues would always be like, oh, you know, you know, here's a couple of free tickets to see this play. You know, it's like that's what I think. And of course, I never got to see it because one, you know, being a college student and, and trying to see a Broadway show, or, you know, it's it's trying to hard to do. It's like, oh, I could see a Broadway, see a Broadway show for like one night only, and then suddenly, as you're watching the show, it's like, is there anything I had to do to David later? It's like, do I have any homework I got to do? And then suddenly, go rush home, and then suddenly, like, crap, 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 crap. You know, it kind of like here is like it's, it kind of like hampers the idea of going to see a Broadway show and then even if it's for a free you know free vouching ticket from like this the, the thing but anyway yeah it you know there is a definite notion of people you know people of color black theater not only you know black theater that has been trying to rise into this notion of regular theater, but because of the whole notion of European theater, which is essentially you know, uh, you know, the old school type of theater, it's 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 hard to do with theater. And then suddenly, I feel like it was starting to do well last year. Like there were like notions of like stuff that that was actually going to be like that that was going to springboard into things. And then the coronavirus, hit, and like then, then a lot of this stuff, like shut down all that stuff, you know? Yeah. It, it, it's definitely one of those things that, you know, it, it's definitely one of those things that you, was like, I could easily see a lot of this stuff, like really, really, you know, expanding. And then something like this really hits and then someone it's like, oh, okay, it's back to square one. But there are a lot more, st- Uh, I I will say this though, within the past few years, I I will say that there were a lot more people trying to expand from the, trying to expand into allowing BIPOC uh, performers, but not only performers, but also like playwrights and stuff like that too, into like the more uh, mainstream uh, mainstream audience, especially on something like Broadway uh you know case in point uh one of my jobs I did a couple of years ago was doing a, a, a taking people you know not taking people's tickets uh, actually yeah taking people's tickets to here right and one of the main shows that that was always seen um that was always seen to have a lot of people going to was ain't too proud the the, the musical about, about the temptation. And no matter the day, and you know, it was like, no the matter, there was always a line that goes to the thing. So, and Ain't Too Proud is, you know, is, is also on a block that has, you know, uh, the Lion King and uh, the guy with the broken, oh, dear Evan Hansen and stuff like that. And I'm just like, you know, if there, and, and, you know, and, and of course from that is like slay Play and, you know, all that stuff too. is like, but there's always, and I think what I'm trying to say is also when I mean, there's a lot of all these different theaters, like performances, all that stuff too. There's a lot of people who want to go see who want to go see a show, but sometimes it also has to do with uh, what show is. I want to say dealing the best price because people yeah. don't because people don't want to spend like because I mean people do want to spend, you know. The people who do who will spend like $500 $600, or, $600, or you know, rich people, and they could go in up and go and watch a show for like two and a half hours. Or something like that then there are people who are like, you know, someone like me, and pay like a hundred something on dollars to see a to see the show up in the Medallion, and be in the same, same exact thing. So it definitely it, it definitely feels like within the past few years there has been a uptick of BIPOC uh, not only performances, but also just like uh, theater in general. But I think the coronavirus really did like put a hamper on a lot of things, especially since you of. Know, uh, uh, but, you know, the things in part of the coronavirus, you know, uh, Hamilton was a big success on uh, Disney plus. So there is that. So. But yeah, it, it, it in your experience it's like or in your opinion well in your opinion experience what do you think can be uh can be uh subtle for in terms of like a not necessarily a uh what's the term uh yeah settlement but uh, in terms of like a thing where it's like everything is kind of sort of like balanced out if you Wait. understand, a if you think, if you can understand a question, there. Well, what do you mean? Uh, in, in terms of your experience and opinion, do you think? Okay, in terms, in, in your experience and opinion, do you think within the next few years, or mostly in, in the next few years, do you think there'll be more people who are going to see black culture theater or BIPOC theater or what have you? You know, expand. Yeah.
1: Definitely because of the Black Lives Matter movement and things like that. Things are, productions are starting to get more diverse. We, they definitely need to pick up the pace, honestly. But yeah, I noticed even in the commercial and film world, things are starting to get more diverse. They're starting to hire more Black people. I think because now they feel they don't have a choice. Yeah. But I think that things will become more natural in the future. Just give it black people and people of color these positions in power and see what happens.
0: Uh, I just, uh, it's, yeah, speaking of this, uh, on Twitter yesterday, I, I was actually just reading that they were, at, you know, they were going to be rebooting cheaper by the dozen, which is, you know, it's like, oh, <laughs> Honestly?
1: They, I didn't even know that.
0: Yeah, they were going to be rebooting cheaper by the dozen about multiracial family. And the, and the, and the head and the two people that they cast us, the, the the thing is one is Gabrielle Union. Who was a fantastic actress and to play her husband was zach Brath. and i'm just like ah, okay. zach brad
1: wait let me look him up <laughs> how can I spell the
0: name uh zach Brath. Uh, was so, i was uh, z-a-c-k and then b-r-a-double f so if you've seen oh. scrubs or something like that you probably know his face but i was like and I was actually talking, to him and, and I actually tweeted this. So I was like, "Yes, when I think of a multiracial family, that that the mm-hmm. patriarch of a multiracial family, yes, I think of Zach Bratt. because it's like he's like the most whitest actor you could probably think of, and he does play like a very whitish role anytime he is on the screen. So, but I mean,
1: that's it, a start, I guess.
0: I mean, it is a start, but at the same time, you could easily have casted." anyone else aside from someone like that but i guess they were trying to appeal to not only the people who watch cheaper by the dozen but also mm-hmm. just like people who are essentially well the people who own this no, not the people well the people who own disney plus disney obviously uh it's the name uh they're people the people who uh who watch the thing are typically families and all that stuff too so they're mm-hmm. obviously trying to pay uh pay toward i mean catered there we go catered towards families and stuff like that too so of course they use someone who sounds like a family actor. so yeah and 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 you're right you know there are roles that are now opening more and more towards black actors black actresses uh directors all that stuff too uh, if if this was a few years ago jordan peele uh, jordan peele wouldn't have gotten his chance to you know direct uh, you know uh two oscar-winning movies so yeah it's definitely it's definitely and, and again with something like black lives matter there are more people who are who are definitely asking for more opportunities for black actors and actresses but i think the opportunities are running or not running out, it's just that they're not getting the opportunity because of essentially you know, studios, the studio mandates, and it's like it's definitely like it, it, it's hard to describe because studio mandates is like, will this person sell this many tickets? And they're all about people wanting to buy a product, so even if, of course, and, and the sad thing is that a lot of this stuff that happens down the line is mostly about business. And business is like- legit. Yeah,
1: people want to see people of color and black people. Yeah,
0: yeah but mm-hmm. you know, it's like- Business or not. Yeah, business or not. It's like, a, and the sad thing is, it's like how many other roles can Viannual Davis or Denzel Washington play without some other people like, you know- uh, yeah it's like well it's definitely one of those things where it's just like the business side of acting or business side of entertainment is always going to be a nasty beast especially for those who are trying to break out into the the system itself but again that's a whole different discussion that's a whole different tangent that's a whole different thing i feel like I, I feel like that's always something that's going to be scratched on the surface and people don't want to hear about the scratch, they rather just put a band over it and just like continue on and just wait until it is finally until until something is like that it's finally just like posturing with this like you know until it's like okay i can't put another band-aid over it i gotta deal with this it's like the pain is finally there and but it, it's definitely because I, I i definitely do think because of black lives Matter and, and over the past like say a few years there has been uptick of bipoc uh, performances and also just performers in general, and also just like opportunities for people to actually get into that. It's just that a lot of streaming mandates have just been like, again, it's a whole different discussion. And it, it, and again, it's a whole different. And of course, look at me. I'm I'm what is they as they come. So it's like I can't really talk about this because one, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not you know, I'm not this color, so yeah, but but yeah it, 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 it's definitely something I do see uh, It's definitely do is this it's definitely something that I do see becoming stronger within the next few years, if not within the next several years, but yeah uh. Shit, what were we' talking about oh yeah so theater <laughs> uh, yes yeah, so, uh, sorry about that folks uh, tangent or not sometimes the, ten, the, the the talks between the my guests and I are thoroughly entertaining but sometimes it's something that I need to, to take care of myself so not so much because <laughs> it's you who is on my guests and sometimes I will be talking and like I do want to give you a chance to speak so yeah, uh, yeah. now I know by the time this episode has come out, your book has already come out. So do you want to go into the process of how you got into, how, because you mentioned before that you weren't, you mentioned before you weren't uh, sure how, uh, if you weren't going to be like, even though you love theater, it's like you also love English as well. So was this like writing a book also came the notion of, oh, I, you know, poetry and stuff like that too where it's just like I want to keep on I want to have something to really write so was that something that uh was that one of the uh inspirations There we got
1: no not really I mean I always loved writing and I really I've loved poetry for as long as I can remember I always planned on writing a book but to be honest I don't even think this is the right platform to be talking about my book because people I don't know, this is for performing arts, right? I don't really think of writing as performing.
0: Well, but, was, yeah, well, yeah. Performing I arts, mean, when I say performing arts, I, I, it's like a, a thing.
1: But yeah, I mean, I I did, i already just knew I wanted to write a book, period. Like I knew I wanted to write a book. I knew I wanted to write a poetry book and I just had the perfect opportunity in Swarthmore because I was able to work one-on-one with a professor and really, she really looked at my poems and she's the poetry laureate of of Philadelphia. So hmm. I was able, so she knows her stuff basically. And she's a black woman, which is great for me. And yeah, basically that's what, that's what happened. I'm not gonna go into too many details about my book. Cause like yeah. I said, I just don't think this is the right platform.
0: Yeah. Okay. But yes, I am
1: writing a book and is actually I'm not writing it, I'm finished with it. I'm yeah. just going on to the, fi- the final stages of, of publication, just formatting and adding in the images and like finishing up the pre-launch which ends tomorrow. And yeah, that's pretty much it.
0: Yeah, don't worry, uh, don't worry. I have to remember to also do the same thing which is a sense of pre-order your book because I keep saying I'll pre-order your book but as I said previously before we start recording Past couple of weeks and past couple of months have not been the best time for me. So it's like, and of course, it's like going into winter. It's like winter has always just got to be the one, winter has always going to be like one of those things where it's just like, anyway. uh, Now, did you get a chance to actually see uh, a theater in Philadelphia or in Pennsylvania?
1: Yeah, I saw many, I saw many plays. I saw quite a few because Swarthmore would always give us like free tickets, and also we had to see some for class. I thought they were pretty good. I went to the Wilma Theater. I also went to the Pig Iron, I think I went to Pig Iron Theater. And also, a lot of these professions are affiliated with these theaters. Like they're actually part of. They work there, and and yeah, so we have connections. Let's see.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So I did. Uh, could you actually, in your in your opinion? Uh, Or, yeah, in your opinion, do do you feel like there is... Because with theater, it's like there's, you know, Broadway theater, there's Chicago theater, but, you know, I've had a couple of guests who actually have been around, who actually lived in Philadelphia or are from Philadelphia, right? I, I never actually seen Philadelphia plays or theatrical productions. Is it simply the same thing you'd be seeing on Broadway, on, on, on something like Off-Broadway or Broadway, or is it, or, or do they have like some sort of like secret that we don't know about, where it's just like, they just bring up a, a sense of, like a, a, like a step up, something like that.
1: No, I feel like it's the same thing. To be honest, I, I mean, maybe I shouldn't say that because I don't remember ever seeing, actually that's not true. Yeah, I would say, I would say, yeah. There's no secret. <laughs> it's the same, same thing.
0: All right, so it's like between Broadway and probably uh, the theater you've seen. It's like. More less- I've never
1: gone to a Broadway show before. So I would say Broadway is probably in terms They have more money. They have more financial support. So they probably have better quality plays. I would assume. I'm not sure. I've never been. I would like to.
0: Okay. Uh, in terms so yes that's worth it's worth more uh if i'm pronouncing these things incorrectly please let me know otherwise i'm just like okay that's worth more uh now it, it is hard for people to have backing between the departments and stuff like that too especially you know uh i know for a fact that at, B- at Brooklyn College right before I actually graduated, you know, there was a whole slew of, oh, we're going to be hiring, you know, black professors or you know, BIPOC professionals, and all this stuff. We've got to be incorporating all that stuff. And and again, I talked to my friends. They're like, oh, yeah, it was only like me, like me, one or two plays. And of course, it's like, okay, it's like that. But in terms of having a department that essentially had Okay, we got you back, no matter what. Uh, was it, did you run into any uh, difficulties to, into producing a, a, a play that was literally titled fucking A? Or was it just like, hey, you know, you know, it, 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 we're going to be doing a play that has an a, a expletive in it. So there you go. Um,
1: no, I mean, to be honest, they treated us like adults and we were able to, to produce this. Well, okay, we were able to perform to do this. I don't know what the right wording is, but I, they had to, I mean, we were seniors, like we were going off into the world and we needed the experience. We can, we can't have these people holding our hands forever.
0: Yeah,
1: They kind of let us do our own thing. And they just gave us advice when needed. I wasn't the director, someone else was the director. And I was just, I was just one of the actresses. There were five of us, I believe all the, theater majors that were seniors, I think there were five of us. And I think it went well. Some people were annoyed because apparently the cast should be all black, but I was the only black person. No, I wasn't, There there was another black, there was a black guy, but I don't know. I don't know. Some people were annoyed about that. And, but I think the play itself went pretty well. And we worked, we worked together. It was our first time doing this like without any help at least my first time yeah so
0: let's see let's go i'm not sure what the 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 process is but was it essentially the same process to everything else or did you have like a like like almost like two two semesters worth where it's just like oh we have the play and then by the time it's just or was it literally like they start because i don't know yeah, i literally don't know like the, the the time frame to what what was it uh something like this especially one semester. we one had
1: one semester.
0: semester yeah okay so I so start of semester you got to play and then so how long was that one semester was it just like uh eight weeks or was it like six weeks or
1: oh, it's kind of like i don't know how long a semester is i think the average time is just like how long however long bncc semesters are Oh, okay. What we did do, so we started looking at plays over the summer, the summer before, because we did the play in the fall. So we start, did we do the play in the fall? I'm pretty sure we did the play in the fall and we started looking at at plays over the summer because we weren't sure what we wanted to do. Then we thought about maybe doing our own play, start writing a script from scratch, stuff like that. And so I guess we started looking and then we read the plays and then finally when we had a play and everyone should have read it, I didn't read it. I actually didn't read it before, until we were actually doing the table read, that was my first time reading it. But then we came back to Swarthmore, and then we had the play, fucking A, we read it, did table read. I think we did an audition first, and then we did the table read. Yeah, we did the audition, audition, because everyone was going to get in, we had to be in it. We were, this is our our major, and this is our yeah. Um, final, final project, so we had to be in it, just to figure out who was going to do what. So. Yeah. We had the audition, then we did the, the table reads. And from there, you know, we had rehearsals. There's a little bit of singing. So we had someone come in for that. We also had an intimacy coach because there were some intimate scenes. Oh.
0: And so on. Oh, yeah. uh, now you actually bring up a good point an inter- intimacy coach. Uh, right now, because of, you know, COVID and stuff like that, too. Uh, I. I forgot who we was talking about, but they were talking about how, you know, this was a TV show. I forgot what TV show they were talking about. And it's mostly like one of those, uh, lovey, not lovey w TV shows, but like one of those romantic TV shows like, uh, that teenage watch, right? And they were one of the actresses was talking about how, because of the restrictions, whenever we have a kissing scene now is we, oh, you know, after the kissing scene, we go out, wash our mouths for like 30 seconds or something like that. Now, in terms of intimacy, like intimacy, uh things especially in on theater Mm -hmm. do you still see the same restrictions or do you see something like because i'm not sure how intimacy um uh, protocols are in theater it's like i've seen plays that actually had straight up nudity and stuff like that too and it was always handled very tastefully um somewhat
1: although they let us be adults i think there were still there were still some restrictions there were still a little bit, treat, it, treat us like children a little bit. And I would say that, yeah, I definitely see differences now. I'm not sure about theater because I haven't done any theater work since then. I've only done film film and commercial stuff, but I, so with the, we, we went through the intimacy coach to do everything. Every little tiny body contact thing, the intimacy coach was there. There was also, a rape scene in that wow definitely needed an intimacy coach and there was a kissing scene there was one kissing scene i don't know how they felt about it so i'm not going to speak for them so but um i had an intimacy scene two intimacy scenes two intimate scenes and i'm not sure about the kissing because i didn't kiss anyone but i don't really think washing your mouth out for 30 seconds is really gonna stop you from getting COVID though <laughs> I must yeah. say. but I know I'm supposed to be in a production within the next few months and I know that there's going to be some intimacy there's going to be some kissing between myself and another actor and I'm not sure what they're doing to make sure that we're both safe I have to check and see we're both going to get tested for COVID but it's kind of I don't know what we're gonna do because you get tested for covid then you just go home to your family or your roommates and then you come back the next day so you could have gotten covid when you went home so i don't know
0: yeah that's something that's always that my brother even questions every single time he has to go to the doctor It's like
1: yeah i, I know I, some people, what some people are doing like tom cruise people are like living or like um tyler perry people are like living on the set and then they're getting tested like every few days and finally there's a certain point when no one has COVID and no one has left the premises. So I think that's something that would definitely work in the production. But that's not for theater.
0: That's... Yeah, that, that's definitely not for theater because theater is like... Like theater is like literally almost like a microscopic own organism. Like if it's entertainment, like film and TV, I can understand, you know? Yeah. Being on set, you know, it's like people live in trailers. So was like...
1: I mean, what they could do is they could start having people like live in the theater like instead of like a backstage just for hair and makeup and stuff they could have like a backstage with beds so people have to like stay there and live there
0: yeah that, would, that seems like so crazy though i'm yeah, sure okay. figure something figure something. Yeah, I, I could just imagine i could just imagine some uh, one of the actors like okay i'm going to bed and then they just go up uh, up the stairs it's like all right i'm in the i'm in the i'm in the balcony Hi. Right. <laughs>
1: yeah but if the show is only showing like three times i feel like that's feasible but if they're showing that show many times over the course of like i don't know months
0: yeah it's definitely uh, something probably. that it's definitely something that they've been trying to uh, keep it's definitely something that probably going to be like okay because uh you know uh, west side story again that's another big, that's a big play that has like a big into that that's a very big intimate play because they're kissing and then they're touching and all that stuff too it's like how do you do that especially nowadays where it's like I'm not sure you know it's like wait and I'm not sure how film and tv are doing it because I know with film and tv I've seen like actors and actresses who are essentially wearing like the the visor thing and the mask and that sort of thing too you know uh, know, if it's and you know very socially distant stuff like that too where it's just like If this was a couple of years ago, there'd be like five or maybe eight people on set at a time where it's just like, there should be at least maybe two or three outside of the actors. So it's definitely something that, so... Okay, now I think this is a good way to uh, to wrap things up almost is that with film TV, Especially in your experience, uh, how uh, how much has it been able to change because of COVID? Or has there been protocols that have been like something like almost like they're still there, but they haven't been like really, really good yet?
1: Some changes? Yeah. Um, OK, so. I would say that I really started my acting career, like full on serious actress in May, May 2020, in the thick of COVID, like when everything was happening, not May, maybe June actually, because I, fi- I graduated in May. So I would say June was when, I'm pretty sure in June I got an agent, was signed to an agency, and I started on Backstage and on all the other websites. So that's when I really started. So I'm not, I don't think I can really say how much it has changed because I wasn't in it really before COVID. I only did one thing. I was in a Facebook watch series called Transformed where it was like a little reality TV thing Mm -hmm. and we didn't wear any masks and everyone was up in each other's faces, just like normal. So I guess the difference between that and now is that I was recently in a commercial and we had our masks on And people require testing, COVID testing and things like that. Some people don't. You know, some people don't care, actually. Some people are just like, you know what, whatever. I mean, if you get it, you get it. But I feel like those are the, like, really lower not non-professionals. Like, they're just kind of like, whatever. But for the most part, people require you to wear masks. They have hand sanitizer. But like I said, some people really don't care that much. They, Yeah, I was in one production and they didn't care. I was kind of uncomfortable with that. But, um, yeah, I think that's what people are doing. Just saying, get tested and making sure that you test negative. Making sure that you have your mask on, unless you're the talent, unless you're the actor, can't have your mask on on the camera. Yeah. So everyone else, though, has
0: their mask on. In terms of testing, uh, do you do it like once a day or is it like, you know, once a day and then suddenly it's like, we do it like once a day and then, or do it right as we leave too, just to make sure?
1: So, once a day. Okay. Well, I was in a commercial and they didn't require testing, but I had to wear a mask until it was time to shoot. So sometimes it's kind of like pointless because I, I was around these women like all day, wore a mask, and then I was socially distanced, so I was like, okay, I'll take my mask off and but for the most part we wore masks and the, when we were backstage while they were setting up and doing everything when it was time to shoot i was really close to this woman and we were talking because it was part of the commercial so i kind of was like well what was the point of me wearing a mask around her and no one was tested for covid beforehand so i think sometimes we risk it i know that's terrible but i think sometimes sometimes we we risk it um whereas there's only there's only been one gig that i've gotten where they required me to get tested beforehand. The others have not. They just said, okay, wear a mask, and that's it. Hmm. And then it seems like everyone's all strict with the mask when we first get there, but as time starts to go on, people start to get a little bit careless with their mask. Like, mask is like underneath their nose or the mask is pulled away from their ma- from their face completely,
0: so. Yeah, I could, uh, I just finished working uh, over the holidays and I, I'd be able to come back and break and then I'd be like, oh crap, gotta put my mask back on. Be very professional. Uh, I, I think it's getting to a point where, uh, especially with someone like Tom Cruise, who practically went nuclear meltdown over a couple of people, like not being, good
1: as he should have.
0: Yeah, and and I can understand his whole point, where it's just like uh, him, you know, there, you know, there's a couple of people who are essentially being like almost close together or close together. I forgot what it was saying, and it, it's definitely going to get to a point where it's just like. There are going to be, you know, productions that will probably may or may not shut down because of, you know, restrictions. You know, you know Robert Pattinson, uh, uh, some months ago, got hit with COVID and then, and then shut down. Well, yeah, got hit with COVID and then, or someone on the Batman side got hit with COVID and they had to shut down the, the the film set for a while, or at least a couple of you know, like a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely something. It's definitely something that they got to, you know figure out, you know, it, it's definitely something that they st- they're still figuring out. And and I, you know, and I think I've seen uh, uh, casting calls that, you know, that haven't really say, oh, by the way, make sure you get like COVID test or something like that. And if I see those casting calls, I'm like, if I don't see a casting call that says, make sure you all COVID test beforehand, you know, something like that. If, just, if it's a casting call that's online, that's probably okay. Because I feel like online is much more like the norm now.
1: Yeah, like I've had, all of my auditions have been online. I haven't had a single one in person.
0: Yeah, and I can't wait to be like in a, in a actual audition room again. And actually going like, ah, yes, this is why I really miss going out of my way for like an hour or so just to do our audition for like five minutes and then hang back. on. I couldn't do, you couldn't do this online. But yeah. That that that's just the life of that's just the life in university. I'm not I'm not <sighs> artist But yeah, uh it it definitely feels like within the next but it definitely feels like since this whole it definitely feels like within the next like year or so there there will be stuff that are restrictions, but within the next couple of years, maybe by 2023 or maybe even 2020, maybe even earlier, that those restrictions are probably gonna be gone because a lot of the stuff has been probably washed been away, or just like everyone just kind of like used to it by now. And it's like it's like yeah, it's definitely one of those things. Um so yes, I do that, that's the end of the episode sorry guys are trailing off uh now i do have qu- three quick questions one do you have any advice to those who are starting who are essentially emerging artists following artists especially as an actor actress who are trying to my who, who are essentially trying the best to do in a time like this where it's just like everything's online only or at least something to that effect especially if they and if they are in film tv what can we expect for that and what can they expect back that
1: um i still think that they should give it a shot now i mean i did i started in the middle of all this you can still do something you can go to online classes i'm in i take online acting classes once a week you can still get your headshots done i guess like yeah, I think that you can get your headshots done. You can still work on your acting skills, get on backstage, apply to gigs. So I would say that they should just go for it. That's what I did. It's working out pretty well for me,
0: so. <laughs> I, uh, do you now, do you have any uh, projects coming up that you can talk about or is it still like it's still in the back It's still in the planning stages and stuff like that because by the time this thing it may actually already do out.
1: yeah okay so i've already been in a few films i was in a film a few weeks ago short film that will be i don't even know when that's coming out i think it's coming out in a few months they're in the editing process process now i I was also in another that one was about a woman a tourist who goes on vacation and meets this older woman and the older woman sees herself in the tourist oh, and wow. that I also was in another short film that was basically about you know like when people say oh you're always on that phone it's basically about like a phone and this guy becoming crazy because of the phone. I don't even know how much more I can say without spoiling it, so I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, I will be-
0: if those if those uh, films are actually uh, are out, links are down below. Uh- <laughs> okay.
1: They are not. They are not right now. Uh- Maybe in the future you can put the link when I when they're actually out. One will be out in February though, so I don't know uh- if it will be out before this goes out. But no, we'll- it, it definitely-
0: will
1: be out in February. February. Twelfth or February twelfth,
0: yeah. Okay, but, yeah, this uh, this episode is definitely be out in, uh, much later than that. And okay, so yeah, for, it'll probably be out by of then. For, of course, the most easy question social media. Do you, do you have any social media you want to plug?
1: Yes, uh, my Instagram is Pandy We Love, which is T H A N D I W E L O V E, and then underscore. Underscore, underscore, I don't even know.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Line,
1: right? Yeah, the little line at the bottom.
0: Uh, yeah. Anything else? Uh, no social media does that? All right. <laughs> yeah, Facebook, but I
1: mean, you okay. just follow me on Instagram, that's fine.
0: That was like waiting for the website too. Website, love, I forgot about the um, website. <laughs> uh, yeah. Harry, thank you for being... A great guests on the show. Sorry for being very uh, all over the place, but I feel like that's the that that that's the fun of the of these conversations. That my conversations with my guests are very all over the place because we're always talking about topics that are either not really talked about or just like talked about but not really talked about. So, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. That, means- that has been the season premiere of season five. Thank you for watching and listening. And take care, everybody. And please be safe.